So today we look at the mission of Jesus. Now, on June 23rd of, of last year, um, my, third, my second Sunday in here, I spoke on John 3.16. So because I don't want to repeat myself, although I agree with everything I said on that day, I'm really going to focus in a little more on John 3.17 because to me, that's the one I want to see um, at, through the goalposts is 317. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That's the heart and the mission of Jesus, the heart of God as expressed through Jesus. Now I think we would all agree that in our world today there exists a misunderstanding of who God is and what his heart is toward humankind. Even in Bible study this morning, we know that even as believers, we wrestle sometimes with some things we don't understand. And when we try to understand things from the natural mind, it, it paints a, a, a not the best picture of God. And so we appeal to Scripture. What does God reveal about himself? And what does God reveal expressly in the person of Jesus Christ so that we can understand his heart toward mankind? Some people try to deny his existence and they look at the Old Testament and certain moments in the Old Testament to make a judgment about who God is. They pick and choose. Well, if he did this, this must be who he is and not look at the whole picture. And it's easy for us to do that. In fact, in today we are surrounded with sound bites and we make decisions based on a, a tweet. Now, if you don't know what a tweet is, you're probably the only people smiling in here because you're, yeah, because you're at peace. Because you're not looking at social media that is, is skewing everything. But we hold to what the truth of the Bible. The Bible has been tested, it has been proven, and it stands for all eternity, God says. His word will stand forever. But we have to be careful. Even when Nicodemus came to, to Jesus by night, he, he asked him some clarifying questions. We saw that with, with, with Mary, when she's like, oh, how can this be? I have never been with a man. She's not questioning God. She had questions for God. Nicodemus isn't questioning Jesus. He has questions for Jesus. So we need to be careful. It's not our place to judge God. But we do all the time. I watched a movie last night. I would not recommend it. Um, I thought it was going to go in a great direction. But um, it's called The Invention of Lying. And so there's this world where no one ever tells lies. And um, the guy, uh, kind of a loser, they call them, and people would tell him that because you don't tell lies. So you just speak the truth all the time and how you really feel about things. And so his mom was passing away, and she's like, I don't want to die into nothingness. And so he makes up this story that sounds a lot like heaven. You know, <laughs> you're going to go to this great place where there's a mansion for everyone, and everyone's happy, and no one's in pain anymore, and you're going to be gathered to your loved ones. Well, because no one had ever lied before, they took what this guy said as, as gospel truth. And so people start surrounding him, and he brings out what's called the Ten Commandments, but they're on pizza boxes. Anyway... So, so I'm thinking, man, this is, this is really showing us a picture. And he says, there's a man in the sky who revealed this to me. And I was like, oh, man, this could go in a really good direction. And then ultimately says, the man in the sky is alive, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, well. And of course, that was my fault for having the expectation that Hollywood was going to give any truth to anything. But I think the point that we need to make is God needs to be the one who we look to and we appeal to, not man's opinion about God. We must encourage one another to understand the express heart of God that is clearly revealed in the life of Jesus. Listen, if you, if you wrestle with the God of the Old Testament, if you wrestle with some of the, the weird things happening in the early church because it was chaos and they were just trying to figure things out, 
read the red letter chapters, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I would say I encourage you to make it a habit of reading those continually throughout the year because that's where you see what God thinks about you and he loves you. We're familiar with the John 3.16 verse and I think it can be quoted by many but still I think and maybe I'm, it's just me. You guys are much better, I'm sure. I still struggle with the words of Jesus that God so loved the world. I still wrestle with that sometimes. I know it's true, but I have, I have things that are happening in the world that confuse me. And I'm like, how is God's love seen in this situation? Even natural disasters, like with Tennessee. And, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm kind of a weather junkie, and so I like extreme weather. Um, and so I'll watch shows where they chase tornadoes. And, um, and it's funny because these guys who do that for a living and they get excited about being inside a tornado and they build these machines so they can withstand it. When there's great devastation, you can just see that they're hopeless. And they're just like, wow. And so sometimes you go, how is that love? But yet you find the people that are in the midst of that tragedy rarely are the ones cursing God. They're the ones crying out to God. It's really interesting if you look at that. So I know that the world is messed up. I know that there are moments, seasons, circumstances, and people, believe it or not, that make it difficult to express the love of God or to see the love of God. I've heard that there's some people that it's difficult to love. Nobody here. You guys are awesome, right? But I've heard that there are some people that are hard to love. Maybe you can think of somebody right now. It's like, man, that person is just difficult to love. They're all prickly, and they are grumpy all the time, and I try to love them, and they just will have none of it. Well, I think God feels that sometimes. But listen, God's love is not dictated by the actions of man, nor does man's feelings or opinion define love. Right? What have we done with love? It's, it's all about a feeling, right? You know, but there was a famous band that said it's more than a feeling, right? <laughs> you know, but it is. Do we feel love at times? Absolutely. Is love existing when we don't feel love? Absolutely. In fact, I think those are the times where God reveals his love in great ways when we feel unloved or we feel like we've blown it so much or we feel like, oh man, he certainly doesn't want to have a relationship with me now. And he's like, but I do. And I don't remember those things that you've done. We deal with it all the time. But we see Nicodemus and he comes to Jesus under the cover of night. And I think we need to stop there and just kind of notice something. He did not want others to know that he was curious about who Jesus was, but he did want to have a conversation with Jesus. Now, I think that we need to understand there's actually a principle here and something we can understand and glean from this is that there are many who in their group of people will not openly ask sincere questions about Jesus because they're concerned about their social status. But they truly want to know salvation and the peace of God that can only come through Jesus Christ. And sometimes you're like, well, if they're not willing to, you know, talk about it, you know, openly, then, well, whatever. Well, it's not about them. It's about what God has done for them. Our task, however, as believers is to create relationships with those who do not know the real Jesus so that we can give them a safe place to inquire about Jesus. So that they're like, hey, I have a question for you, but not here, right? Maybe you've experienced that. You've been out with some people, and you know they're, well, these people definitely don't believe in Jesus, but someone's like, I need to talk to you at a later time. Okay. You, our job is to create that space for them. 
Now, I want to focus the heart of God expressed in John 3.17, like I said before. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Jesus the world would be saved. Listen, the world is not beyond salvation. <laughs> I think sometimes we just go, you know, those people who bought all the toilet paper, I'm really mad they can't be saved. Okay? Because toilet paper won't save you. Just so you know. Aren't they going to be surprised when they... When they don't... Anyway. But... You know, social commentary is funny. We're, we're, we're weird people. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. But... Um, many people look at God as an unreasonable person and, and he's mean... And many of us thought that about him before, and sometimes we struggle with that now. They describe him as an unfair ruler or an old cantankerous man. Have you ever met an old cantankerous man? Yeah, uh-huh. No, that's fine. Yeah, I don't mind participation. Uh-huh. You're like, don't point at anybody in this room. That's all I'm asking. No. But Jesus came to bleed for the whole world, even that person that you have a hard time with. I'm not picking on you, Susan, but you know. He desires for all to be forgiven and he placed himself under the wrath of God so that you and I would not have to endure damnation. And I think sometimes we need to just wrestle with that. That's what this time of Lent is to go, wait a second, the wrath of God was placed upon Jesus. The wrath that was owed me was placed upon Jesus so that I may never have to experience the wrath of God. I am in Christ, and over the words, over Jesus Christ were the words spoken by the Father, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. If your life is hid in Jesus Christ, what is God saying about you? This is my kid, in whom I am well pleased. I'm so excited. And we go, yeah, but look what I did this week. It's like, I didn't see that. You're my kid. You're my kid. I don't count your sins against you anymore. I have eradicated sin on your behalf. Yeah, I still see that you live in this tension. You still struggle with sin. You're still in this body that can never inherit the kingdom of God, but you are caught between two kingdoms. And I'm telling you, look to the kingdom that's to come. Look at who you really are as a citizen of heaven because everything that comes from our heavenly citizenship is joy and peace and love, and the favor, and the smile of God upon you. That's why it's important when we gather together, that's what we leave with. Jesus loves you. He speaks words of peace over you. It tells us in Zephaniah 3 that he's rejoicing over you with singing, and he quiets you with his love. First time I came across that verse, I'm like, what? God is singing over me? I want to know what that sounds like. I have to wait, you know. But sometimes when I'm singing and I'm hearing other people sing, I'm like, well, this could be a foretaste of that, maybe. On Wednesday nights, we are looking at what Jesus said on his way to the cross. And last Wednesday, we looked at the fact that Jesus said, hey, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and those who don't have hope, those who are stuck in unbelief. So I think for us, it's a question. When was the last time that you cried for someone because they were rejecting the love of God? We protect ourselves from that emotion. And we go, well, whatever. I guess they don't want it. Instead of going, oh, Lord, please, please work in their lives. When was the last time you cried for yourself and were overwhelmed with the love and forgiveness of God? Talked about it last week. We like to go straight to the resurrected Christ. And we should, right? But something had to happen for him to rise from the dead. He had to die. And it was because of us. 
It was our sin that placed him upon the cross. And, and it makes the joy of living in Christ so much greater when we take just a moment and go, oh Lord, look what you did for me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then he comes in and says, I know, but I love you. I love you. And, and you know what? That's not how you're defined anymore. You're not defined by the fact that you messed up two nights ago or that you didn't set your clock ahead. Just so you know. Actually, you all did great. Look at you. So I'm really happy. Again, we never want to walk away from here or when we gather together and feel condemned. We're told by the Apostle Paul, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But the enemy wants to tell you, oh, you blew it this time. There's no, there's no salvation for you. Oh, you blew it this time again. There's no way that you've really a changed person. That salvation didn't stick. Your baptism was false, right? I mean, that's what the enemy says to us. And I love what God does. He says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So are you in me? Yes. Is it because of anything you did? No, it's because of everything you did for me. You brought me in. You made me alive when I was dead. And you placed me in your very son. It's all your work. You justify me completely holy. And you're sanctifying me completely and holy. It's all what you have done. And the enemy would say, yeah, but that's not true. And you're like, oh, wait a second. This is what God says. He trumps you. If God would give us the mind of Christ that we could think that clearly. But he's given us one another to help us think that clearly. Jesus went to the cross willingly for the joy set before him. By the way, you and I are part of that joy. He knew, I'm going to make a way for every person in this room and more to be with me for eternity. And the joy that they're going to experience is overwhelming. And I think we should be people of great joy. And you know what's fun for me is you guys are people of great joy. When I say guys, that means everyone, so gals, please don't be offended. Um, you know, it is, it is a beautiful thing to experience the joy. It's funny, and I'm not encouraging this, so, but on Ash Wednesday, um, they did it at the, at the chapel up at Grace for the whole school, and, and, you know, they were instructing the kids, you know, we're going to come forward, we're going to be reminded that, you know, um, from dust you came and to dust you will return and we're going to be more aware of how frail we are and that we're, we're only made of, of man's stuff and man's stuff isn't going to last forever. And so they said, now we want you to be quiet as you come forward. And it was silent. I mean, you talk about 500 students, well, 400 from ages, you know, first all the way through high school to 12. It was quiet in there. And it was funny to me because we had Ash Wednesday service here. And we couldn't contain the joy. People are lining enough to get ashes, and they're 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 just enjoying the fact that they're saved, and that they're. And so I was like, well, it's supposed to be a quiet time in my mind, right? And then I was like, they said, isn't it great? You can't contain the joy of the people in here. I'm like, okay, you're right. You know, so you know, Lake, God used you, so good job. Um, but we now live in abundance, and even though we celebrate things like Lent and Ash and Ash Wednesday, we don't sorrow. We're like, oh man, but yes, look what Jesus has done for us. We no longer live under the wrath of condemnation. We now are given the heart of God and our heart breaks for what his heart breaks for. So when we see things wrong with the world, Jesus is just as broken over that, but he's made a way for those things to be made whole. We know that one day we will be out of this world, some of us sooner than others. And I'm not talking, that's not age. Just things happen, right? But it is talking about age. But some of us sooner than others. Let's not be in a hurry for that. 
But we're going to be out of this world and we're going to be removed from this suffering and broken world. And nothing will disappoint us in heaven. Please understand that. Some things you can't understand about God right now, nothing will disappoint in heaven. Nothing. So people go, are animals going to be in heaven? Or this person going to be in heaven? You know what? I can tell you this. You will not be disappointed in heaven. So, I mean, I I love my dogs, so I kind of hope that there are dogs there. But if they're not, I know I won't be disappointed. If they are, I think every dog will be nice and be like right temperament. And I might even like cats in heaven. Okay, so that's okay. (laughs) And that would be a funny thing. Could I enjoy heaven with cats? Okay, that's a different... Sorry, cat people. Um, But until we're there, we are left as witnesses to the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Bringing people from death to life. That's what Christ does. Breathing eternity into their being. The mission of Jesus was to proclaim the kingdom of heaven and the heart of God. The heart of God desires that all would receive the forgiveness of sins. Even people we don't like. He wants them to be forgiven. And sometimes I'm like, I pray for that person because, man, I'm just tired of them. So could they just get saved so I can tolerate them? Um, That's probably not the best prayer. Um, but just, you know, in, in transparency, uh, I'm, I'm, you and I are not much different, so I'll call it out and you can pray for me is really what I'm doing. When we look and seek what God is inviting us into each day, and I, I encourage you, encourage you, if it's not a habit, please make it a habit. Say, Lord, what are you inviting me into? Sometimes I even do that throughout the day. I forget. I'm on mission. So, hey, if I'm going to Winco on a Friday afternoon... Fortunately, I wasn't trying to buy toilet paper, but I was like, okay, Lord, what are you inviting me into? Because it's going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos, and I'm not the most patient person when I go to the store. Anyway, the heart of God desires that we would all receive this forgiveness. Now, when we look and we ask the question, God, what are you inviting us into each day? I want us to consider the mission of Jesus and realize that we have been given this mission to share the love of Christ with everyone. The sign outside when we leave this place says you are now entering the mission field. And I think many of us just walk past it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Many of you go, oh, that's right, there's a sign out there, right? And not putting a guilt trip on anyone. Because, you know, it's important. But if we would understand that as we leave this place, that the church gathers together so that you might be equipped to go out and do the work of reconciliation, to plead with people to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. You come together. You get built up. We gather. It's been said, we gather so you can go scatter. Right? That's what we do. And when we go, we say things like, don't just go to church, be the church. What does that mean? That means you have a mission to do. Jesus gave it to you clearly. To tell people they're not condemned. That's not the purpose of God. And we go, I'm entering the mission field. Well, what? I'm in America. I'm not going overseas. You know, missionaries from other countries are actually coming to the United States to evangelize the United States. Do you ever think you would hear that? But it's true. It started happening in the 50s. Peter Marshall from Scotland came over to, to help evangelize America. And he became a Senate chaplain and a bunch of other stuff. Fascinating story. But anyway, I pray that we would take the words on that sign seriously and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to reach a lost and dying world. So let's just take a moment and think about that. We're just going to say, okay, Lord, what, is, what does it look like for me to be on mission? 
What does it look like for me to extend your hand of favor to those who are dying and those who are lost? What does it look like for me just to really understand that you're inviting me into being part of your work every day in every moment? So let's take a moment and reflect upon that.